microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! What am I? I'm Papa the Sailor. And I am what I am, what I am, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am, because I am what I am. Got it? I think so, yeah. And I've got a lot of muscle, and I only got one eye, and I never hurt nobody's, and I'll never tell a lie. Top to me bottoms, from the bottoms to me top. That's the way it is. Episode 76. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> I had a, um, you know, I realized that I used to give you a hard time for having too many notes when we first started this run a year and a half ago, and now I'm the one with too many notes, and I have a lot. Okay, because I've got uh, three notes. Okay. You want to go first? No, you can go first. Okay. Since you just talked about how many notes you have. All right. So... A couple from last week, we were talking about the challenge, and Johnny Banana's partner didn't show up. It was supposedly, originally going to be that guy, Devin. I know everyone's been waiting by the seat of their pants for that, but that guy couldn't make it because his dad got sick. Second note. Tony time. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tony time. That's so annoying. He's like all Jack now. I know. That team's pretty stacked. Like, he showed up, and I was like, oh, he's, uh, it's been working out. That's, we're talking really, yeah. We're talking about the challenge uh, as a note from last week, just so we we were told by a, a creative friend. Well, he's not really, but like, he's not really a good friend either. Told by a person <laughs> that um, we need to speak, move your mic closer, and I we mean, explain things. More. Explain things more, which I agree with. I can understand. All right, so that. your first note was about Johnny was about Bananas the challenge and how he didn't have a partner. Right, and, and now it's this guy Devin it revealed no. It was supposed to be Devin. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be Devin. And he didn't show up because he had some family stuff. Right. So they brought in this guy, Tony, who's... Who has two kids with two different women within the like same six months. And he like really needs this. Yeah. Um, secondly, we talked he about... He won the last challenge, though. Challenge well, versus stars. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. For charity. Yeah. World Series of Poker. We talked about that a little bit. And I was so mad I didn't bring up on air... The guy who, the last seat at the table went to a guy who was dealt pocket aces and beat two other guys who had pocket kings at the table. Yeah, that's a, that guy became chip leader after that. Oh, yeah? He, like, tripled up. I just think it's such an amazing, it's such yeah. an amazing story to get that. Um, and that the, sucks, because if you're, like, two seats away from getting to the final table and you look down and you have pocket kings, you're like... Yeah, yeah, you're feeling really good. <laughs> um, the last that, thing no. I've been watching that. Well, I did watch that, and like I recorded it and would just ha- have it on. It just fueled my gambling. Uh, one of the reasons I like went out and got scratchers and did all this other stuff. <laughs> um, so I'm glad it's over because I probably would have uh, gambled way too much. Um, my third note from last week was also about gambling, but we were talking about this after where Charles Oakley removed a $100 chip from his blackjack bet at a Cosmo casino table 
and was arrested for that. Yeah, this is so stupid. It's a little excessive. I'm sure there was much more to it. There had to have been. But it, it seemed like they made a huge deal about, yeah, he, people would just come up to him and said, you got to put that back. We have you on camera. Yeah. They wouldn't throw him in a prison. I know. That's Yeah, that's what's weird about it. So, um, all right. So, some notes from this week. We were just discussing before we just started. Uh, the Carmelo Anthony trade thing happened. Carmelo got traded uh, for uh, Schroeder, your boy. Yeah, I like Schroeder. Which is actually a good fit for uh, OKC, I think. It's better than Ray Felton coming off the bench. Yeah. Ray, Raymond Felton's like 30 pounds over. 300 pounds, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, believe... they're going to buy him out. Yeah, I can't believe they could turn that into a positive. Thunder looking good. I know. They got rid of $100 million in their... Uh, Luxury tax. Bill Simmons says that they're forty to one to win the to win the West. You're not betting. No. You can't bet against a team that like won the championship and then signed Boogie Cousins. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, my other two. I'll take that bet if you want. Four, you give me forty to one. I'll give me forty to one. We can talk about it. Okay. Um, I just found out about this thing online called. Um, Renew breakup boot camp. It's breakup boot camp, where if you were in a relationship and you broke up and you're really sad about it, you could go to a boot camp somewhere in they have them in California and New York, and you go and you learn to be okay after breaking up. I feel like you should go to that and report about it. Well, I got to break up with somebody first. How do they know you didn't break up with someone? I don't want to fake it. Just undercover. It might be an expensive experiment. I have no idea, but I imagine. It looks pretty nice. There's teepees. <laughs> teepees? Yeah, there's teepees. Look. It's renew Breakup Boot Camps. Uh, renew Breakup Boot Camps. So you basically go camping and uh, have therapy sessions. Yeah, like, I guess... I guess it'd be a really good place if you broke up with somebody, or you didn't break up with somebody, or it was like a slight breakup, and you went, and there's a lots of vulnerable companions for you to... Try to. I wonder if they check your social media to see if you're lying or not. Well, I mean, I don't post anything on social media. If I broke up with someone right now, you wouldn't know. Well, you'd know, but like, I mean, I wouldn't let the right. world know. Um, okay, two other notes for me. Um, the bar in Silver Lake, the Griffin. Do you know about this? Have you heard about this? Uh, no. So the Griffin, you remember? You know Silver Lake is a uh, hot topic. Oh, it's not Silver Lake. It's not Silver Lake. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> not Silver Lake. It's like Atwater Village. It's oh, like yeah. Los Feliz, that area. Yeah, people are not talking about... Uh, Silver Lake for the... Silver Lake for other reasons. Yeah. Um, well, this, is, this isn't this is far off. There is a, um, a big fight at the Griffin, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. A big fight? Like as... a, a big fist fight. Okay. That broke out last weekend. Um... This group of guys who call themselves the Proud Boys, which is a national uh, group. Um, oh, great. They walked in to the Griffin, sat down. They all wear uh, yellow, and I think it's a yellow polo and black pants and MAGA hats. And they sat down and were having drinks at this place called the Griffin in a very liberal area of Los Angeles well all of Los Angeles is liberal but like a very liberal like the heart of it and some guys called their friends and like 
these Im- like improv guys came over and like started a fight with them, like because they're like, we don't want you know, you shouldn't be here, like da 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 da. And it was like it turned into this whole fist fight. Nobody got arrested, but all these people are like boycotting the Griffin now, and their Yelp page is like destroyed. Like, how could you serve them? How are they supposed to know? Well, because they're wearing outfits that says who they who, that says who they are. Okay. And the, the Griffin how, was how like, are you supposed to know? Who they are? Well, I mean, if if a group of guys walk in, they're all wearing "Make America Great" hats again. Oh, they all had America. Yeah, they all MAGA hats on. Oh, MAGA hats. Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I didn't know there was a short term for that. Oh well, welcome to 2018. Okay. Um, you don't think that that group in Los Angeles specifically is there to probably make a statement, and start some trouble? Okay. Yeah. You know, and so I I don't fault the the bar for letting them in. I think that you have the right, everyone has the right to service. Yeah. You have the right to not, to deny service, but if I own the, I'd be the same way that they were. They're like, we're just going to, we, we get people like that. We just try to kill them with kindness. You know, we had gangs come in, you know, gang members, whatever. We just try to be extra nice so that they don't want to do, make cause any trouble and leave. In this case, it didn't work. Like these like group of like, <laughs> Comedians and improv guys came in and like were like, we don't want your guy here, you know, like, yeah. and it's kind of the opposite effect of what you're mad at them about, you know. It's a yeah. tricky situation refusing service to people. It is. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of that method. Uh, last thing. Um, this is. Did you know it's like the tenth anniversary of the Dark Knight? There's been a lot of anniversaries. Okay, uh, but the Dark Knight's a big one, and it's been a lot of like, stuff about it. There's a 30th anniversary of uh, of Die Hard. Oh, like this month. But 30s not like 10. Okay. 30s like we just didn't realize we should have celebrated it at 25. Okay, <laughs> that's what I think. I think right, so anniversary should be 10, 25, and 50. And if you do anything in between, just because it's an even or a number five, it means that you know that you're running out of time to really celebrate. Well, I guess that's that's the reason it was. It's been on lately. Okay, uh, but yeah, um, Dark Knight kind of changed a lot about movies, so a lot of people are making that. Superhero movies. Well, not just that, but yeah, but just bringing realism and, and grittiness to those movies that they didn't have before. That's it. Oh, by the way, this boot camp, that's a great place for a script to take take place, I'm just telling you. Okay. That's like they did, It was called, uh, they made it with John Favreau, or was it John Favreau? A couples retreat or whatever. Yeah. No, they're all together. It's basically the same thing because they. No, it's not the same thing. That's a group. Fi- that's a group of friends who go on vacation. Again. Jason Bateman is breaking up, and like they have a whole therapy session where they're trying to figure out if they should be together. This is different. You don't go with your partner. You go sit in a teepee by yourself. I mean, is it guys and girls? I want to find out more. I mean, is there a chance for a rebound on this? Uh, well, that's trip? what I would imagine. So you just go and you like find another person that just broke up and you're like, let's do it. Rebound? Yeah. Um, she it's it's founded by this woman named Amy Chan, who's a relation expert whose work is like that of a scientific Carrie Bradshaw. That's the quote on the website. Okay. Um, all right. So those are my notes. What do you got? Um so, Mamma Mia 2 came out. Uh, I just wanted to... It I, did? Yeah. It, it came in second this week. Uh, but, uh, 
this review from Time, you know, like yeah, they have the one, the one line reviews. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I thought this was like pretty funny. Uh, their their one line review was, "Mamma Mia, here we go again!" is atrocious and wonderful. It's all the reasons you should never go to the movies, and all the reasons you should race to get a ticket. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that's kind of just uh, it's covering all your bases. I was a little confused with that. Um, basically saying that it was a train wreck, but it was entertaining. Hold on a second. Breaking news: the breakup boot camp is for women only. So, uh, we'd have to pull like. Um, well, a Mrs. do you Stout think fire. any guys would go to this thing? It'd be like in um, what's the some like it hot, where you'd be Jack Lemon and I'll be Tony Curtis, and we'll go dress up and. And go to the women's breakup camp. There you go. All right, go ahead. All right, so have you been following this James Gunn firing thing? Yeah, I did. Well, I just heard about it on Friday down in, in San Diego. So uh, so you haven't deep dived into that? I haven't. No, I'm, I'm interested. Are those all those tweets right this, there? These are like the really bad tweets. But, all right, so we were having this discussion last night. With a group of people about it. Who all love, I'm sure, Guardians of the Galaxy and James Gunn, right? Just no, they're just industry people. But all those people, okay. Um, so James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. We gotta tell people what's going on. Okay, yes, that's right. Good call. <laughs> so uh, he, ten years ago, he's a young guy. Ten years ago, when he was, like, just starting, like, Twitter, um, he made some weird tweets that, to try to, like, get a reaction out of people. Right. Not meeting to, uh, he he probably had, like, a hundred followers then. Then he, like, ends up becoming a big, big, uh, Hollywood guy and directs multi-million dollar billion dollar franchises and uh then someone like pulls up all these back tweets that he uh tried to delete and he got fired because disney uh owns the property and you know they're disney so here are some of the tweets and you can tell me if they're funny or not there's one that i thought was uh there's one that said the best thing about being raped is that when you're done getting raped, you can say, "Oh, I'm so glad I'm not getting raped." That's really that. Is that that's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. Um, he said uh, he had all these like crazy uh, tweets, like, uh, "I'm doing a big Hollywood film adaption of The Giving Tree with a happy ending. The tree grows back and gives the kid a blowjob." Um, he said, honestly, the best policy, tell your three-year-old you're laughing, thinking of me fucking 3PO. He'll appreciate it when he's older. I don't know. He's like sending all these weird, crazy treats, tweets. But okay. Like, that are really just kind of stupid. Yeah. And. He, maybe they should fire him for like bad comedy. Yeah. He thought he was trying to like be funny. And he had, like, zero followers. And then, you know, now he's got, like, 
thousands and or millions of followers, right. and it's become a bigger deal. And a lot of the people and the actors are like, you know, this guy's like the nicest guy. He does a lot for charity. Um, you know, he shouldn't be fired from this. And it's just like, yeah, this this is the new time we're living in. But wait, yeah. So, what was your group's consensus about it? They don't think that he should be uh, fired. It was they're terrible tweets. Right. That was the consensus. Right. But. It's not like he has some pedophilia stuff in there, right? And uh, it's not like he believes it. You know, it's just like he was just throwing it out there to get a reaction. I, I go. I'm like really torn on this because part of me, I agree. It's like he did something ten years ago, and it was stu- you know stupid. Um, I like it when little boys touch me in my silly place. Like right, like I like. That's like a tweet. It's, but that's just dumb. I would like, but I guess you don't know back ten years ago that this was going to happen like yeah. this. But at the same time, I also like I, I hate the the gotcha culture that we've got, yeah. where if somebody does something wrong, we all have to like jump in and be like, "Got gotcha. you." Um, and not just for him. I just mean for yeah. You know, I don't even like it with our everybody. President. I'm sure there are like people from TMZ whose only job is to like. Go, go, right. go through everybody's through, backstory. Exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But at the same time, I do think you should be responsible. Like the thing I do like about this is I do think you should be responsible for things that you say publicly. Like things that you just and whether you're a public figure or not. If you decide to publicly put something out there to the world, like the consequences should follow of what you've put. Like I, I do believe that. Now I don't know if I believe that there, you know, what the statute of limitations is on that. That they're, they're getting there, but like people are a little too free, you know, with what they say, and they, you know, and that's what kind of like I don't want to say they're too free with what they say, but there, when there's no consequences, people can be really awful. Like when you can do it like anonymously. Yeah. So the fact that you know. I, I mean, I hate for somebody to have done something stupid when they're a kid and then to lose every opportunity. Like, I don't think taking his entire career away, which is essentially what just happened, is is the right punishment for something like this. But at the same time, if you're going to put something out there, you're like in the public, you you should be ready to stand by it. Otherwise, who like what kind of character yeah. does that say that you have? I don't know. Um, so I don't have as much of a problem. But I, I don't I don't think he should have just been like totally canned from everything. Like maybe he, you know, gets canned from this project, but you know, is not like in Me Too jail. Like, yeah, like a lot of them, right, you know, right. And it is Disney; they have like a yes, uh, a family thing, right. But there was a like, um, who was it that just came out? Uh, there was an actor that came out in his defense and started listing all these people that did wrong. I wish I had it up. Um, and that you should just like go back. He basically went through a bunch of Disney movies and said, I guess you're going to have to, oh, it's Bobcat Goldway because they're like really good friends. And he was saying that, you know, uh, like, what's his name? Uh, Woods. James Woods is a 
is like a voice of a of a animated voice on an upcoming thing for them, and they should just remove him. And then he, you know, he did a bunch of stuff. I don't know. I wish I had the right. in front of us. But right. Basically, he started like we can do this all day. I can go back and tell you all the bad things of every actor. Are you going to remove them from all your movies? You know, never show these movies again um, because they did something in the past. Um, so. Well, that's kind of the thing with celebrity, right? Like, we all sit there on our soapboxes and say, hey, you guys all screw up or you do this wrong, but we're all doing the same wrong things. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, okay. Along those same lines, have you heard about this Netflix stand-up show by that comedian, the Australian comedian Hannah Gadsby? That's been I've getting, heard of it. That's been getting, I heard about it. It's been getting some buzz. Well, I watched it. Oh, good. Uh, I think you should watch it, and we'll talk about it more next week. But okay, it's uh, it's called uh, it's Hannah Gadsby, the Netflix show uh, as a comedy special, which isn't really a comedy. Called Nanette is the uh, name of the comedy special. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Twenty minutes into this thing, it basically takes takes like a right turn. And she talks about how she's quitting acting because, you know, to be a comedian, you have to self-deprecate yourself. She's a lesbian. Right. Sorry, let me go back. She's a lesbian comedian and has had a tough life that she talks about, which is shocking in the thing. Um, And she's really angry about what's going on right now and the whole culture of, you know, everyone's trying to preserve people's legacy. Is her big thing. It's like, these guys are doing these horrible things. We shouldn't look back. We're, you're in the now. We're in today, basically. We shouldn't go, oh, well, they directed some good movies. We don't really want to come out. She's talking about, like, Rowan Polanski. He's still getting opportunities. Right. And all these other uh, directors and actors. Um, and she just, just goes on a tangent and gets really angry about the whole situation. And it's like... Some of it is, like, shocking, powerful. It's good. Okay. I don't know. I read a thing that said, like, uh, because, you know, Bill Maher put out his comedy special the same week, and they said that she's everything right with, he's everything that's wrong with comedy, like, with old school comedy, and she's everything that's right with what's new about comedy. And so I automatically didn't like it, because I was thinking, like, I'll just tell you, going into it, I'm not, my... It's not an easy to sit through. Okay. You have to, like, get through the first 20 minutes, and then you can have... You'll have an opinion one way or another. All right. I'll wait. I'll hold off. I'm just I'm just being honest that that's where my yeah. opinion was at first. What uh, else you got? So, that's my only uh, other note. Great. So, let's go into our first topic. So, HBO had their Robin Williams documentary this week. Right. It was a two-hour documentary on the life of... Robin Williams and um, and his whole legacy. Yeah. Um, so, what were your thoughts on the the well, documentary? All right. So they've done a couple documentaries lately over at HBO, and I haven't. They've I've found them to be mostly they're. Oh, uh, that's not true. I've been they've been really hit or miss for me. Uh, I think we've reviewed a couple of them on here. We both really liked the Gary Shandling one. We both thought the Spielberg one was a little fluffy. Um, this one, 
I really liked it. I really liked it, but um, they didn't stay with his movie career long enough in it for me. Yeah, um, that was one of my biggest problems with it was that, and I, I had watched them before I watched listened to that podcast on Midnight Run because Bill Simmons talks about the documentary a little, a little bit in that episode, mm-hmm. um, and he had the same kind of thought that I had, so if it, you know, you listen to this, I didn't steal this because I wrote it down before. I'm just putting that out there. But they didn't talk about how he was a really good dramatic actor. They never even brought up the fact that he won an Oscar. Um, and how like, his career as a dramatic actor was, you know, went up like this. He was in so many, like, good things. He had some bombs. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's like they didn't really go into his dramatic acting turn as from a comedian to a, you know, to a dramatic actor and how good it was. Yeah, I um, so just to full disclosure, I have a I have like a real love hate relationship with him. Like I've always had it. Um, where I think he's a super talented guy, but I've always found him to be like exhausting. I don't tend to like people. Who he is exhausting. Who have to con- feel like they have to always be entertaining you. I think I don't like them because I fall more like that myself. But you like Dana Carvey. Yeah, Dana Carvey's got. That. Yeah, no, no, but but uh, you know I like Dana Carvey a lot more now nostalgically than I did in the moment. Um, you know what I mean? Like I always liked the bit players more that and then than back then. Um. I just found Robin Williams to be... And, you know, the other thing is, with Dana Carvey, he wasn't, like, the mainstream that Robin Williams was. Like, Robin Williams, like, to me, was, like, when we're growing up, he's, like, super funny, but he's doing all the, like, PG comedies, and he's this the guy that your parents like and, like, your kid's sister likes, and that's enough to turn you off. In, like, your high school year. You know what well, I mean? He made, like, yeah, he made, like, Mrs. Doubtfire Hook, all these movies. Right. So... Jumanji. So when he was also edgy, and what you see in this in this documentary is he's way... He's, like, a very edgy guy. But I, I only knew him as that guy, because that's who I grew up with. So him being edgy to me was, like, Billy Joel singing We Didn't Start the Fire. It was like, <laughs> no, you're not one of us. You're not, like, you know, you're... you're to, like just my own short-sightedness you are just like the system and I'm like cooler than that but in the in the truth of it like and especially in this you see that's not the case um I, I thought the first you know I liked getting to see the opening stuff with him and like his childhood stuff and how he did the Mark and Mindy well before we even get that so I was gonna say before you even get that the thing that's funny when you look at him um he he just like always looked the same like they show all these old pictures of him and he always looked like an older guy like he just looked exactly like Robin Williams like always yeah um like as a kid his face is exactly the same but like there's a moment like before he goes into TV where they show him um and he started there's a lot of really good footage in this thing yeah there's a lot of really good and I love when documentaries try to pull off the old 
uh, we're not going to narrate it. We're going to let the interviews. You can tell it. like some of it was from an audio book, like uh, must have been an autobiography. Okay, well, but whatever the case, I, I enjoyed it. Was some of the some of the narration was like very like robotic, like as if you were reading from a book. Okay, and some of it was like his interviews, like where he's a little bit more lively. Oh, I, okay. I didn't I didn't pick up on the differences there, but that, okay. that makes sense. Um, so. There's a scene. There's like there's like five or six moments in this that made me really like love that guy. And again, compli- like not yeah. complicated in the sense that he and I had a problem, <laughs> but complicated in my thoughts on him. So there's five or six moments that made me really like him. Like one being when he first started acting and he, they had footage of him like getting to go on stage and how excited he was and people yeah. were like that infectious energy when he was doing the improv that was awesome yeah I can't believe they had footage of that I know yes it's funny because we uh, we were at the Hollywood Improv one weekend I don't know if you were there I don't think you were I don't think so it was Aaron and Eric and uh, he was there and he just like came up on stage and did this whole improv session like a 20 minute improv session with uh, the guy that was the headliner it was kind of cool just to see his how his mindset and his craziness at work which they showed in the documentary when he came up there yeah um yeah I mean uh so we'll go into yeah. the, the TV the Mark and Mindy stuff so it's funny because I I forgot like, I loved Mork and Mindy as a kid. I'm sure, sure you did. That's like, yeah. we're totally, you know, the audience for that. And Stupid it was cool, comedy. It was cool to see him talking about Jonathan Winters as a kid. And then Jonathan Winters was in yeah. um, in Mork and Mindy. But I forgot that he was like one of the only actors to go from TV to movies. Like, that that didn't happen then. And they kept stressing that in this. And they have to because everything now is, that's the natural cycle, you know? Yeah. But it was. It was interesting because that was different then. And I didn't even, like, realize it came from Happy Days. Oh, I did. I mean, like, what a terrible, (laughs) what a terrible storyline in Happy Days that, I got to go back and watch this episode because it sounds, like, awful. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it made his career, though. Yeah, I guess so. Um, But, um... They had some really, some other, like, really awesome footage. Um, so, like, they, when he did, after that, you know, they did, they went into Popeye. And I love Popeye. As, you know. But before, we're still on Mindy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, go back. I'm sorry. Um, I loved how they had all the outtakes. They did all the blooper stuff. Yes. And they didn't do any actual scenes from the show. Right. And it was, and it was just him. Like, just, like, ad-libbing and, and, like, getting the people to break and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Um, and I thought, yeah, so then he gets into Popeye. I love Popeye. Um, apparently that was a bomb. Right. But I liked it. Yeah. That was good. Um, and they start going into his movie career. And then, like, so some of the notes I was taking, some other scenes I really liked. When he did, when he did the play, Waiting for Godot with Steve oh Martin. Oh, my God. That was some great stuff. It was so good. And you're like, God. But that whole scene with the reporter... Where they were, like, questioning, like, why they would do this. Yeah. And they they were just... You could see Ron Williams getting really pissed. And, like, talking back at him. He's like, dude, I can just do the same play and do a new character. I mean, this is, like, the best acting. And I get to work with Steve Martin. Yeah. And it's weird that they didn't really know each other. I know. 
Yeah. You, you would think that they would come up together. Um, some other footage I really loved that they had was um, they had audio of the prank calls he was making to Billy Crystal. Yeah. So those are like Billy Crystal's another guy I don't really like. Yeah. You know, he's the same sort of falls in that category. Um, but but that was some really funny stuff. Like, and then it was like really sad when he was uh, the talking about Billy Crystal was talking about all the things or the messages he was calling when Robin Williams was going in for the heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then they go into his movie career and they just... they So they show Popeye. They don't. They jump around. It's not even in linear. And then they kind of do something about Moscow and the Hudson and then they just flash up like ten movies and they flash up Mrs. Doubtfire, Dead Poet Society, um, Jumanji, uh, like every... Like... Um, Awake, like awakenings, yeah. like all, all these amazing movies, and I'm just like, we're really not gonna, we're not gonna go into any of this, and they, and they really don't. And it's fine because it's more about him and who he was, and and like there's a during that they they were they're showing a moment when he's about to go on stage. Somebody was talking about it, one of his old friends, and how he was just so quiet. And they so you'd see him, and, he, and then they showed uh, uh, an image of him, like waiting right by the curtain while someone introduces him, and he's just very still and very quiet. And as soon as they like say his name, he's like, boom, like just shot out of a cannon, like da 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 da, you know. And then, uh, along with that, I love that, you know, everyone talking about how like when he was done with that, how he would just be come off the dripping with sweat and like would just basically like pass out. Or, like, have to, like, not speak to anyone Yeah. after it and sit there. And you're just, like, it, all the energy, like, came out of his body. Um, that was interesting just to hear how he was backstage and, you know, would conduct himself when he's not in front of the camera. Right. Um, towards the end, they had a couple scenes that really, that I got really into, um, the People's Choice footage. The People's Choice Awards. The People's Choice Award was the funniest thing. I mean, that was just hysterical. <laughs> and, like, you almost feel bad. I mean, you do feel bad for him. You yeah. Know? I mean, so what happens in this scene is at the People's Choice Award, he's nominated for Best Actor for One Hour Photo, along with Daniel Day-Lewis and Jack Nicholson. And it's a tie. For About Schmidt and My Left Foot. Yeah. And it's a tie for those two. And Jack Nicholson gets up to make his speech, and he, like, basically says Robin Williams should come up and make the speech. And he goes on, like, a five-minute tangent. Like... <laughs> that was, the, like, the best part of the whole document. Yeah, I agree. I, like, almost want to go back and watch that whole thing again online. Yeah. It's somewhere. But he was just talking about, like, he's like, there's three of us! <laughs> like, and then, like, he's basically saying, uh... That they should just have a three-way tie. Yeah. Jack Nicholson was just dying laughing, like, Ron Williams. Right, and he's like, here, we, we wanted... And then Jack Nicholson goes, we wanted to give you this. And he goes, oh, great, it's a piece of paper, thank you. know, like... That says, that says the two winners and not me. <laughs> and he wrote his name in there. And he just takes over the whole show. And, like, the thing I'm saying about him being exhausting, in the wrong situation, that always would bother me. But there, it's just so brilliant. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Day-Lewis smiled and laughed for the first time. I know. I've never seen him I know. laugh. I know. That's good. Um, 
I don't know. The there's a moment towards the end they were interviewing Louis Black, who's not like an emotional guy. His whole comedy is just getting revved up, and um, he he said something I thought was really well said about to sum up who Robin Williams was. He said uh, Robin Williams was the light bulb that couldn't turn itself on or couldn't turn itself off. I thought that was a really good way to describe it. Like he's a light bulb that can't turn himself off. Yeah. You know, like, just couldn't, it's just always on like that, so. Um, you know, one of the other things I liked about it is they didn't avoid the controversies in his life. They talked about drugs. They didn't make it the focus, but they talked about it, which is good. His leaving his wife for his nanny, I thought they were a little safe with it, but, you know, that's yeah. fine. It's a pro, well, you know, but I, I'm glad and that she they. she came out and said that they had already broken up before. Yeah. That woman seems like the most patient, amazing yeah. woman ever. Well, they she she knew when like he was like at the peak of his career, like who he was. He was just like hooking up with all these people. But you know, he was out doing drugs, like hooking up with people. Think of how selfless she is, though, to be like, you know, I don't want to do this part of your career, and you want to do it, so let's not. You know, I mean, this is thirty years ago, so she's looking back, but still. So overall, what would you? What were your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I thought it was, uh, as I said before, the only thing I didn't really like is how they didn't really touch on how good of an actor he became. Yeah. Really. Um, but other than that, I had the same kind of thoughts on it as you. It's like, it was emotional towards the end, obviously. Um, and the whole Billy Crystal, like, final talk and all that stuff was, you know hard to hear but uh and obviously like he be did we know that he was diagnosed with parkinson's or did that like come out in the documentary no no that was that what they said that when he died and you know like he didn't want to be just you know you know have that disease like take over like his whole persona so right i mean it's obviously he was on some sort of depression medicine but who knows? But it was it was a sad towards the end. But it was I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah. In terms of uh, getting to know him and yeah, hitting all the. Points. It's a good. It's a good two hours. It's a good two yeah. hours to spend your summer with. So, um, you in a stroke of genius. I came oh, up with a top five. Came up with a top five. The your top five Robin Williams movies. Um. I think we're. I hope. I think they're gonna be. They're pretty different. Yeah, I think they're different. All right. Um. So my number five is Popeye. Popeye, make your list. It's Popeye. Did I did not, not think it would make your list. No. I just, I loved Popeye. I like Popeye. Yeah. I've seen it a lot, actually. Sure. Um, it's probably one of the movies, Ron Williams movies I've seen the most. See, here's the thing. For me, I noticed when I was doing my list, is when you're talking about him being a dramatic actor, I don't, he, you know, people fit in your life a certain way. Um, like he didn't fit in my life as a dramatic actor. So most of his dramatic stuff, I just didn't love because I didn't give it as much of a chance. Um, I know some of those are going to be all yours. So I know it's not going to be on yours. I wanted to talk about was what dreams may come. No, that's a horrible (laughs) movie. I wanted to like that. I must have saw that movie like four times and just like, there's gotta be something about this. because I thought the idea was so great. 
What about toys? Is toys on your list? Toys is not on my list. <laughs> there's a lot of bad... I mean, look, we know there's a lot of bad movies. But what Dreams May Come, I just wanted to bring up because I totally forgot about that movie. And it was like one of those movies that was always on sale at Blockbuster in like the $5 bin. And it always had like the cool covers. Yeah, so and so you're like, like, you know what? I think I really did like this movie. I'm gonna, I don't mind. I'll shell five bucks to buy this. And you put it on, and you're like, God, this is the worst movie. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Cuba Gooding Jr. was his son? It was pretty bad. Um, all right. Um, so my number five was Dead Poet Society. Okay. Thought it was, uh, obviously, that end is iconic. One of the best scenes uh, in movie history. It's like when someone thinks of that movie, they think of everyone standing on the... Uh, on the uh, desks. So one of my, I have a, a guy I'm, I'm, I'm friends with. Like we're friends in the sense that we have each other's phone numbers and emails, and I get invited to like, you know, his birthday parties and stuff. Who's one of the uh, one of the lead actors in that movie? Oh. And he's told me some stuff about it. And Sam Williams was like, not even a, in it a lot. I right, mean, he was, but it was focused on the kids. Well, and it's it's interesting because he's like he's one of the kids, and like they were all, he just he has like all this old video footage of all of them. Like they took a trip to New York, they were all auditioning for the same movie, and they're like, oh, let's just make it a trip together. Yeah, who do you think got it? What do you moved the part? Ethan Hawke, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway. Uh, my number four is Jumanji. Jumanji was awesome. It didn't make my list, though. So this is why I don't like the new Jumanji, because the first Jumanji was great. Even though the visual effects are probably really bad right now. Yeah. Some of them. But I loved, I just loved that movie. I mean, that was just such a fun movie. Again, I don't, I don't get too far into the dramatics for him, so that was my number four. Number four is Goodwill Hunting. His Oscar-winning performance, which they played right after the uh, the night they played uh, the documentary, they bookended it with Goodwill Hunting on HBO. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Which uh, I watched some of it. It's a uh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's probably on my list. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just uh, the only thing is, every time I think of that movie, I think about the. Uh, the monkeys doing it, yeah. Video, and it's hard for me to like separate it. You know, I have the same thing. So yeah, there's a there's like a series that um, was on TV when we were in college that would take movies and would basically have monkeys play all the parts, and they would do the clips, they would, or the audio clips from the movie. And no, it was, no it was it was fake audio. That was fake audio because it was the stories were different. Like in Goodwill Hunting. He's the janitor. The monkey's the janitor. And each, he's just, they're like little skits. And he's like right on the chalkboard. And like, that's the all. First right. guy goes, it's Rob Williams. Like, Will, you gotta, you gotta get yourself together and meet the girl. And he goes, get that. <laughs> right? And yeah. then uh, they look at the math problem and it's all wrong. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, it's so, we thought that that was, that was, that was the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, they only did it like during Oscar season. They do all the Oscar movies. So. And uh, it kind of like I always think about it when I watch that movie. So my number three is Dead Poet Society. I don't think we need yeah. to go further into it. Go ahead. I like that clip that they showed on the documentary. Yeah, it was good. Was Showing about. the 
just them and like talking while the kids were. Because they could have gone with the other Carpe Diem, but they went with that yeah. one. And I, I like the subtlety of that. I'm with you. Uh, my number three is World's Greatest Dad. One of my favorite Robin Williams performances. I knew you were going to put that on here. Um, love that story. It was a like well written, well directed. Bobcat Goldwait directed it. Explain what, what happened to World's Greatest Dad in 30 seconds. Basically, uh, his son is an asshole. He plays a teacher, and uh, his son's an asshole, a really horrible person. Uh, oh, so he plays a writer, like he wants to write. He's a teacher, a poetry teacher. But he also wants to like be a famous writer, but nothing he writes ever gets picked up. His son's an asshole, like just everyone hates him. He's like the biggest douche, dies while masturbating, and his dad walks in. Romilly walks in, sees it, doesn't want the embarrassment of his son, like the coroner saying that he died doing that. So he basically like does a hanging fakes a hanging and writes a suicide note and it's like the most amazing suicide note anyone's ever read and the whole the whole school like is just up in arms about this writing and it basically gives him a recharge and he starts like faking a journal and it's just a great movie I, yeah I it's really it. good there's a yeah basically it's a great movie right and and oh yeah, right. okay so that's your number three a lot of other things happen, but... Yeah, well, I mean, you could have just kind of said, like, this is a story about a guy whose son dies while masturbating. He writes a suicide note that everyone loves, so he starts writing. But everybody also continues to worship the kid because they think that he was this great poet, when really he was just this dick. Yeah. And people keep coming over to him and being like, he was really something special. And at one point, he just breaks down laughing. Like, no, he wasn't. He was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. My number two is Aladdin. Aladdin, like, it was it was high, it was, I was trying to, they had some good uh, clips of that on the documentary. Yeah, yes. Of him doing all Doing the voice. Aladdin, I saw Aladdin so many times in the movie theater when it came out. I thought it was, like, the funniest thing, like. I, 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 I had it at my very, I had it at six. Yeah, I get you. I, like, the Aladdin's just, that's my peak Robin Williams. That's the most I ever liked him. Like, I thought, I just. I thought he was he was the best at that. I'm like really worried that they're remaking that. How that's going to happen? Um, oh, with Will Smith. Yeah, that was just that was just such a perfect way to. But it's to not going to be a cartoon. Though. I know it's going to be different. Uh, I know it's going to be different. <laughs> I'm just saying, like what they did with him, that was a perfect way. Again, the way that that People's Choice Awards was a great way to show him off as doing yeah. everything. That's what the genie did in Aladdin. It was like a perfect way to showcase everything he did. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, my number two is uh, Good Morning Vietnam, which I actually just watched recently because I guess HBO is just throwing a bunch of Ron Williams stuff out there, I'm trying to like get, get more people to watch this. Yeah. Uh, I watched it again, and uh, it's really good. I mean, yeah. it's a really great performance. Obviously, it was like a huge hit when it came out, made him like a big box office star um, and started his movie career. Well, so that's the thing. Like, again, my 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 picks, my top five, aren't like the five best movies he's in. They're just my five favorite. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Good Morning Vietnam, I know is good, but that was, again, I just never got into it. It just wasn't my... 
at that time I was like, I don't, I don't care about this. And I wish that I did. I mean, I've, I've seen it since and it's good. It just didn't, you know, it didn't resonate. Maybe it was fresh in my mind when I, since I, no, no, but I'm, I'm, it's a good movie. movie. It's a good movie. My number one's Good Will Hunting. I don't even think it's like one and then everything else. It's not even close to me. I love that movie so much though. You know, like my friends, we still talk about it. My friends, we all still talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, my buddy Dave, when I left, he got me the script, like, autographed by, like, Matt Damon Ben Affleck, because, I don't know, he was like, that's your gift, like, for, it's like, leaving script? and stuff. Yeah, real signatures? I, look, I don't know. He's the kind of guy that would get that, so. Okay. Uh, yes. That's, that's a good thing to have since they won the Oscar for it. I know. You still have it? Yeah. Somewhere. We gotta get that, uh... Actually, I do we, it. We gotta test those autographs. I, 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 I'm, I'm afraid to. <laughs> okay. Alright, so what's your number one? Uh, number one is Fisher King. I knew that. I thought that was... That was one of the best movies that year. If not the best. Great performances by Ron Williams and Jeff Bridges. Won an Oscar Mercedes role. Um... I think they were all nominated. I thought that was probably one of uh, Jeff Bridges' like best roles. Uh, I don't know. Thought that was an amazing movie. Well, Jeff Bridges isn't really a man of um, range. Jeff Bridges kind of plays Jeff Bridges and aversion and everything. I love Jeff. I want. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with. I that. think this was definitely a different character. Yeah, it's not the character. It's just the demeanor. Yeah, he's still got the same thing about him. But that's fine. That's good. That's what he does well. You know, like you look at um, uh, what's the um, the bank robber movie that he's in? Oh, the one Ch- Sheridan. Yeah, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. Like that's not the same character he plays, but he's still a version of Jeff Dan. You know, or Je- uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my number, my one that didn't make it that we didn't discuss. That was my number six. Was the best of times. I like the best of times. Who doesn't like the best of times? Uh, great ending. So, anyway, that was our... That was, uh, was good. That worked. Yeah. A um, couple other things, because we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, Comic-Con was this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. So... You were at Comic-Con. I, I went down there uh, just for a night, and, you know, I wanted to talk about how... Comic Con's in trouble, but they're, they they may or may not be in trouble. So here's the thing: like, did you see the the lineup of everything that got announced? Yeah, I've been watching this. W- was anything really all that exciting to you? They didn't really make any announcements. They just released trailers, right? Well, I mean, they had a they had the horror panel, but where they did the purge in Halloween, right? But like, that's some of the biggest stuff that was there, you know. No Game of Thrones, no Marvel, no Star Wars. I mean, other than, like, the Clone Wars. Like, that's trouble. Because you're still charging the same and everything's exactly the same, but you just took away all your marquee stuff. And it's only going to be worse next year because D23, which is Disney's version of Comic-Con, is next year. They do it every two years. And there they're going to release all the Avengers stuff. You know, 
They're going to release the net, the third, the third part of the trilogy for Star Wars. They're going to show all that footage and all that stuff there, and it's taking away a lot of Comic Con as the destination. Now that is as people who are fans of movies. Comic Con also started off as like a small comic book convention, so I imagine that this is really good for the hardcore fan who's like, "Good, get your shit out of here." Um, but all I, from what I can tell, it's just TV stuff. Basically, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you saw coming out of there that you're excited or? or... Uh, I thought the trailer for Aquaman was terrible. Okay. Um, I liked the Godzilla trailer. It was good. I thought the Godzilla trailer was pretty good too. I was surprised. I can't I... wait to see monsters fighting each other. But like Millie Bobby Brown, like it's so funny. It's so overly dramatic at the beginning with her standing there, and it's like this is such a movie setup. It's her first movie, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so yeah. And then I thought Glass was good. I don't know if I thought Glass was good. I think Glass is going to be good. I mean, I'm gonna. I, I feel like I'm gonna be really precious about Glass because I've been waiting for this movie. I feel like for well, we all have for whatever twenty years, twenty five years. But uh, I, I thought Shazam was good too. I see. I didn't see the, the Shazam one yet. Okay, it was Kitty. It's for kids. All right, uh, but is it the same character that Shaq played? No, that's Kazam. Oh, I thought that was the same thing. No, <coughs> no, it's not the same. Okay, good. Um, all right, so one of the are we done with Comic Con? I'm trying to think if there's anything anything TV-wise that was interesting. Oh, speaking about TV, they did have a Comic-Con panel. Starts this week, which went under the radar that I forgot about, Castle Rock. Starts on Wednesday on Hulu. The uh, Stephen King Universe show with Sissy Spacek and all this stuff. You know about this? No. There's a trailer online. You should watch it. Basically, all... The Stephen King books mm -hmm. and, like, biggest characters in the books are put in the same town. And it's like a one, like, mishmash story with all the people. Uh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be good. It starts on Wednesday. I think Hulu's releasing, like, the first three episodes on Wednesday. Okay. It's like a ten-episode, like, show. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, all right, I'll have to check that out. The last thing also um, in this world of TV, and so we're going to talk about Sasha Baron Cohen's show. I was going to stick with oh. movies for a second. Hold on a second, folks. We're sticking with movies for the rest of the summer. The yeah. G-Bone list of movies to see the rest of the summer. <laughs> we're going to go through the weeks of the remaining okay. summer weeks. So uh, next week we got uh, Mission Impossible. That. It's like we said last week, that's getting some pretty early awesome uh, early buzz. Week after that, we got The Spy Who Dumped Me. How do you feel about this? What's, what's that? Mila Kunis and uh, um, Kate, uh, what's her name? From, Hudson? No, from uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, McKinnon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. I just know it exists. Basically, like, her husband is a spy and she... Like, gets roped into uh, his act activities. Does it look funny? Not really. Okay. I mean, I guess it's kind of funny. 
Uh, Mile 22. That's the Peterberg uh, Mark Wahlberg. It's like 16 blocks, kind of like. Basically, they're already written a sequel to this. I guess it's a, a sequel's already greenlit to this thing. Um, basically, like, this guy has to, like, take somebody to uh, a safe house. Okay. So, wait, do you mean to tell me that Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg made a movie together? Yeah. And they're making another one. And does it have loud guns in it? It does. Uh, it's a shocker. Never seen it with those two. <laughs> the week after that, Black Klansman. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm, not, I'm excited for that, and too. I'm not a big uh, Spike Lee. I like Spike... I'm a Spike Lee apologist. I like most of it. Well, I, I like 50% of his movies, which is higher than most white people. But uh, that does look good. And Meg... I liked I liked the poster for Meg. I was in traffic today and I looked at it. I was like, "That looks pretty." That's a good poster. Our buddy uh, Marino, yeah, like never read in. A, well, he maybe he's gonna to dispute this, but he would never read books in college. Okay, and the only book he read was like Meg, and he would. He, oh, it's he, a book. He came up to me and he goes, "Oh yeah, it's like a series of like a lot of books," and he goes. Dude, have you read Meg? And I'm like, no, I haven't read Meg. He goes, this is the exact conversation. First, first thing that happens, Tyrannosaurus Rex drinking out of a ocean. Meg grabs it, pulls it in. <laughs> I'll always remember that. Him, him explaining Meg. That was a really good invitation. Uh, so I, I've been sending him all these updates on Meg. Okay. It's awesome. And he doesn't even remember that he did that. Um, well, I sent it to him, and he's like, did you work on that? And I'm like, no, dude, this is like your, this is your movie. Uh, I like that he never read, but now he lives in the south of France with his um, yeah. very well-educated wife, where his kids are all multilingual, and he's trying to pretend like he read. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's how I think of it. He may, maybe, maybe he does read now, but anyway. And then a couple weeks after that, the last one of the summer, I think, is uh, Happy Time Murders. With uh, most of the oh, yeah. puppets. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be way too big of a deal, you know, because of the, or like, the fact that people like Sesame Street wanted to sue them was a like, great publicity for them. Yeah, and they won. Yeah, and they won. So, like, I think that was really, like, I think people are going to go overboard with that. I think they're going to really, really like it, um, whether it's funny or not. But I'm hoping it is, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I hope it's, uh... But it looks good. All right, now we can go to your uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's. Okay, side. so what's it called, the show? Who, who, who is America? Who is America? I keep wanting to say this is America, because it's funny. You know, they always said that when, when like politics are going going wrong, seemingly, um, usually that's what makes the best art. You know, um, Vietnam brought out all that music. Yeah. Um, this, now we've got, I guess, shows like Who is America and music videos like This is America, which is true. You know what I mean? That's It's an interesting, that's where we've progressed to. Um, so the show's on Showtime. On Showtime. Sunday nights. Yes. And it's basically a sketch. I wouldn't call it, would you call it a sketch show? No. Um, it's it's kind of like a basically, political satire. Yeah, he's a troll. I mean, it's, yeah. the, it's the same old show that he used to do, but now he's doing it. Um, it's he's exposing people for being for for he's exposing 
well, that's the, the goal of the show is to yeah. expose people for um, their um, racism. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever the case. Um, so I did not see the second episode. He did that aired tonight. So this is I don't want to date us too hard on yeah. it. Um, I'll go through the first episode real quick. So. Um, the first scene he does is with Bernie Sanders. So this thing got a lot of hype because all these people, before it aired, like Sarah Palin and uh, Ted Koppel and all these people, like came out and said that he, like, duped them into like they didn't know it was real. Right. And, and that and Sasha Baron Cohen came out and was like, "This is the best publicity." Did he say that? He kind of said it in like he started fighting back or something, and it was mostly it was a promotion for the show. Yeah, so he created like a whole yeah, fake, a fake um, yeah. website and like Twitter account where he's fight. He's like, I agree with Sarah Palin. They know that you know, like. Um, but anyway, yeah, it couldn't have gone better for him as far as that goes with um, with marketing. Um, and it was, I mean, some of that has to be really well thought out because for all of it to be kept under wraps until last week, right before the show came out. All of a sudden, everyone's complaining about it. So it's like, oh, we're all going to tune in this Sunday. You're saying everybody didn't tune in, though. I don't think uh, it was as big as a hit as they were hoping. Okay. Well, it's going to... It's still going to be fine. It dominated the conversation for at least that month, up until Trump told yeah. Putin that... Um, that uh, he was a good guy. Yeah, that he's, yeah, that he's like, that that's his, bat, his guy. Up until then, it, this was like the big deal. So for like a half a day... <laughs> Which in, in our time right now is a huge amount of time. And because the first so the first thing he does with Barry Sanders is as this veteran, or he's not a veteran. That's the whole fight with Sarah Palin. There's this guy in a wheelchair, and he says in this episode, I've never served except for when I uh, shot at Mexicans who were on my lawn or something. It's yeah. the only time I served my country. <laughs> um, but the Bernie Sanders thing doesn't, it kind of falls flat. He doesn't really care. He doesn't, yeah. you know. He probably knows that something's up. Yeah, whether he does or not, he's just... There's a couple of these things. Like, I won't ruin, like, this week's episode, but... Well, you can, because, I mean, well, well, just without ruining... This it, week's like... episode had uh, the girl from The Bachelor um, who accused that guy of rape. Oh, okay. And uh, basically, he wanted... He needed a spokesman for uh, Ebola and basically had this celebrity... Like say all this untrue things uh, about you know be working in Africa and like being there and saving lives and all this stuff, and she was going along with it and, and didn't say anything. So I was like, this there's no way she doesn't realize this is fake. By the way, okay. So that was a little. Um, um, so some of the things, but there are a couple that you're like, oh shit, these guys, yeah. these guys are. Uh, don't know what's going on. So the the second one on the first episode was um, he plays this character. He's a cisgender, or he's a a white. It's like he's a white. He's like a he's like every category of liberal person. Like, yeah. He's a cisgender, <laughs> um, apolog- uh, white male. Sorry, like that's like that's the last. The last thing that's so funny about it is that he says, who's sorry? Yeah. Uh, who, like, who thinks Hillary Clinton really won the... He finally left his house after a year and a half after Hillary Clinton lost. And he goes and he goes to this conservative couple's house 
who like has something to do with nominating you know Trump and that that doesn't really work either. It's super funny the stuff that he's making fun of. The problem I think is he you can tell he agrees with like the liberal side of things more than the conservative. So he doesn't make it like he, like when he's a conservative he can really get into getting these people to do stuff. When he's making fun of the liberal people, I don't think he's going as far. Um, but I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think any of us would if you didn't agree with you know. Um, but anyway, that could be just totally in my mind. The third thing he did in this one is the one where he goes to see the woman he's who in his art gallery. Wow. And he paints yeah. paintings with his. Oh, he, he just released from prison after like 20 years. So he's using all of his bodily fluids to make these paintings. And I don't know why she was just going along with everything. But anyway. I wouldn't even touch that like board that he gave her. Yeah, well. He like, gives her this board. Like, and here, she, here's he, has her, he has her pluck her pubic hairs and put them in his painting. Like, And she goes for it the whole time. And I actually thought she kind of was like, she comes off pretty good. You know? Yeah. yeah she's she's like, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, obviously the big one in the first episode was when he, he gets all these, uh, pundits and lawmakers to agree that he plays an Israeli, uh, forces guy. Yes. And he gets them to agree that, uh, to make a public service, um, ad that we should start arming four, four year olds. Uh, or no, he's like, yeah. Cause he's saying in Israel, like from four to 15, they know how to shoot guns. So. Maybe we should start, like, targeting three-year-olds. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's just the most ridiculous thing. Now, we, most people probably seen it. It's all very viral, and it was, like, big news. And that is... He one comes of the, back in this episode uh, with the guy that you... That um, senator uh-huh. who, who was saying all that shit that you pulled up. Uh, oh, yeah. What's his name? Um, can't remember his name. But... Uh, yeah. The so, senator is Jason Spencer, right? Yeah, Jason Spencer. Okay. And he, like, basically talks to, about how, like, you can disarm people by, like, being gay. Kind of. Okay. Like, if you do gay stuff, they'll disarm the disarm the enemies. But, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's gonna it's hit and miss. Yeah. So so far that's been the that's been the thing. Like, it's it's worth it though because the one thing like like I said that the ten minutes. So I saw the ten minute clip of the first episode like online before it came out, and I saw you guys. I was like, dude, this is gonna be the best because that clip is amazing. Mm, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you know, the other ones kind of fall, but like if you get one of those on each one, it's pretty fantastic what you're doing. I think the finale of the second episode, the last thing, is just awesome. Okay. It's basically what he set out to do for the show. All right. Kind of showing people's views on things. Uh, I don't want to ruin it, but basically, like, he goes to a town, a small town in Arizona, and tells them that he wants to boost their economy, and they're all like, he has a town meeting. He's like, do you guys want to boost your economy? We, we're a big company. We're coming here. We're going to spend a lot of money in town. Everyone's like, yep, 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 yep. And then he goes, all right, we're going to build the biggest mosque that's ever been built outside of uh, the Middle East here in your town. And, uh, you know, 
things go south. Okay. And uh, he shows pictures of what their town would look like after the mosque like goes up, <laughs> and all all their stores like turn Arabic. <laughs> And there's like pictures of like people in the, like the the Muslim dress, like the clothing, like walking around their town. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Oh, that's classic. Um, so do you think? So like I've heard of, there's like when, when this started happening, and like a lot of when the show came out, a lot of people mm-hmm. were like, he's just a troll. Uh, a lot of people were saying that what he's doing is mean. You know that tends to be the talking points. If if you're on the his side. You like him. If you're on the other side, you're like, well, he's just being mean to somebody. You know, like, rather than looking at it and being like, whoa, this guy's coming up with a commercial for arming four-year-olds. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, is this good? Like, is this good that it's... I mean, like, I think about us, right? We're, we're we, you know, we, we... I like that Sasha Baron Cohen's back a little bit. Yes. And I agree with you. I'm the same way. Like... Politics aside, I'm just glad that there's a funny. He's doing yeah. a funny show, and so like I, I think I knew that's kind of what I was hoping to yeah. get out of this conversation because I feel like everything's so polarized right now that everyone wants to argue about is this necessary? Do we need to do this? Is this movie's kind of bombed. He was went away yeah. for a little bit and he went back to his roots basically. And so you were saying that you, you know that Nathan uh, Field Fiedler Fieldler. Yeah. Is one of the writers on this show, and you can tell because he like that mosque idea sounds like that's something that could be a well. It, it's Nathan a lot Fielder. of the uh, the setups seem very Nathan Fielder like. So you know who used to write the Ali G show for him, right? Oh no, I didn't. It know was that. like Seth, no Seth Rogen and, and oh. Evan Goldberg. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a guy who's obviously had some really great collaborators throughout yeah. this. You know, I, I think. The you know and I see people breaking things down. The the makeup's a little janky. It's like I, I especially the Israeli man. Yeah, like you're it makes like, me nervous. I'm like, how are they not going to realize that it's fake? And then like I've seen articles come out where people have said that they recognize you know he's been caught, he's been recognized, you know whatever. Like Fox News will come out and say Sasha Baron Cohen gets caught trying to make a fool out of this guy. Well, not so. And you're like, wow. Yeah. I, he obviously got a lot of people. He got in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I guess we'll continue to, like, I'm sure, like I said, at least one sketch every week is going to be viral and everyone's yeah. going to be talking about it. And and I'm with you. I'm just glad to have him doing comedy back in our lives. I don't know how he can... Everyone's just so interested in this stuff. I don't know how you do a second season with these characters. I just don't think you can get away with it. Yeah, you gotta do new, whole new thing. But um, is, so that's the thing. His he he's gonna have one shot to get this all done and funny. Well, that's I'm sure he did it all before. Right? Ever. No, no. Right. But um, I'm just saying he's got to hit it. He's got to hit his mark on yeah. this because there's no room for failure because you can't do a second season of this. You know? Yeah. So he's really gotta. The level of difficulty is is extreme on this, you know. There, you're, yeah. You, there's not a lot of room for error. So, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight's, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll do uh, Mission Impossible next week. Oh, wait, so it comes out Friday. Okay. And we might have a review for a Netflix movie that I watched. Uh, don't, don't tease it yet. We're gonna tease it. Uh, all right. 
Sounds good. Later.